Lord, please open our hearts to receive your word this morning. Help our hearts, help us to be good soil that your word will drop in and produce a lot of fruit in our lives. Lord, we want to be soft, Father God, and and open, Father, to what your Holy Spirit speaks to us. Help us to hear you and to obey, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I have a really encouraging message, I believe, today. Um, this message is titled, Encouragement for Those with Weak Faith. How many of us have weak faith sometimes? Sometimes we, ha- we have weak faith, right? This is, this, uh, I was reading in the Bible, and I came across this passage. I was like, wow, thank God. Thank you, Lord, that you inspired Mark to write this down in his gospel. So because it encouraged me. Um, do you know this, this, this sermon, this message is that the way that we build stronger faith is by using our weak faith. You don't start out with perfect faith, but when you use the little faith that you have, then you're going to get, you're going to have more faith. Sometimes we think that I just need to, I, I, I never, I never, uh, if, if I have any, any doubts at all or, or anything, then, then I can't do anything. But it's, it's not true. Because you may have a little bit of faith. And if you use what you have, and you make a decision to trust God with that little bit that you have, then you're going to find yourself with stronger faith. If you have just a little bit, but you act on it in obedience and trust God to fill what's lacking in your faith. There's nothing wrong with that. So that's why I was, I was so encouraged to, to read this. You know, many, many uh, godly people in the Bible also faced situations where their faith was stretched or tested. It's not a sin to be, to be tested in your faith, but it's a sin to disobey or turn back because because when you when you face that test abraham was asked to sacrifice his only son isaac moses was tested king david was tested even jesus was was tested they all faced parts where their their faith was stretched but the the thing to do is to trust god and to obey him with the faith that we do have. We may also have our faith stretched in different ways. We may have to believe for one of our loved ones. Someone is suffering or, or going through something, and we have to have faith for them. We have to believe for them. Some of us must exercise faith or believe that God can do in us what he's asked us to do. 
we may think that, oh, you know, other people, they can do all these things, but God's not going to use me in this way. But actually, he's calling you to do something. And you need to exercise faith. You need to believe. You need to trust in him that he can use you that way. Some of us, maybe if you're here for the first time or, or if a friend brought you here and you don't know God, but you've heard about God and you want to know God, but something is holding you back because you don't have that perfect faith that you see these other, these other people have. How can you believe because you still have some doubts about God? So all of us come to a point where our faith is, is stretched a little bit. So this message is, is for all of us who find ourselves in those situations. Let's look at Mark chapter 9, verse 14 through 29. Mark chapter 9, verse 14 through 29. And we're just going to stay stay in this passage today. So if you have you know, one of those bookmarks or just keep your finger there, just uh, keep, keep your Bible open to, to this part. Mark chapter 9, starting at verse 14. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit who has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. Everything is possible for him who believes. Well, that's right. I like that song that we sung this morning from Planet Shakers. <laughs> yes, I believe. Everything's possible. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you. Come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone inside, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. What I, I love about this, this passage is the, the Father's prayer. It's, 
it's uh I, we're, we're going to uh, study more about it. Let's look at uh, verse 15 and, and just to understand what's going on here. In verse 15 and fi- uh, 14 and 15, it says, When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. So Jesus had been on, the high mount- on a high mountain with his three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John. And Jesus was transfigured before them. And he, uh, Elijah came down and they, he talked with, with Elijah. And then they were, he was descending from that high mountain. And he saw his other, other disciples down, who had stayed down at the bottom of the mountain, and they were arguing together with the, the teachers of the law. There was also... A very tremendous crowd. The Bible says often in the in the Gospels that you know many thousands of people followed Jesus, and in in every crowd that was following Jesus, there were four types of people. First were his disciples who had left everything to follow him, and they considered Jesus their their master and their teacher. Second were the teachers of the law and the Pharisees who were jealous of Jesus and looking for a, a way to discredit him or attack him. Third, there were people who followed Jesus because, wow, this is like a new thing. You know, it's exciting. It's like, woo, what's he going to do next? You know, let's, let's go see. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like people that see, oh, there, there's, there's like a group there. Let's, let's go see what they're doing. You know, wow, this is exciting. And then finally... There were many thousands of desperate people who had no other hope in life except that they heard that there is this man called Jesus who can heal and cast demons out. So the, in Mark, early in Mark in chapter 6, he says that people from all around the entire region came to, to find out where Jesus was. They came from Edom. They came from Syria. They came from Phoenicia, all of these, all, all throughout the region, people, people heard about Jesus. And if they had sick people, they, they said, oh, sick people that they, they loved, they said, now is our chance because we have no other hope. Maybe they were like the woman with the issue of blood. She had spent all her money on doctors, but still wasn't cured. Her only hope was Jesus. Many people were like this. The friends who brought their paralyzed, their paralyzed friend to Jesus and they couldn't see him. So they cut a hole in the roof and then lowered him down so that Jesus, in, in front of Jesus. There were many people like this. Mark says that they carried their, the sick people on mats to go, to go and see Jesus. So there, these are the four, four types of people that were, that were in the crowd. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 34, it says, Jesus had compassion on these people. He com- I believe he had, he had compassion on all the people, but he told them what they needed to hear. For the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, he told them what they needed to hear. For those who, who, who were sick, he cared for them and told them what they needed to hear. In verse 16 through 19, What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him from, of speech. 
Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So there was a father who was one of these desperate people. He had heard about Jesus, and he had, he had, he had no other hope of, of seeing his son restored. His only hope was, was that he heard this man named Jesus would drive out evil spirits. So he, he brought his son to see Jesus. And the disciples tried to cast it out. They had cast out demons before when Jesus sent the 12 out to minister. But this time, they, they couldn't. The teachers of the law probably took this opportunity to criticize the disciples. They said, oh, see, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then back and forth, there's this arguing. The father couldn't, couldn't care less about any of this. He was, he was just, can anybody heal my son? You know, there's the, your disciples tried, but they couldn't. And then these teachers of the law came, and then now they're just arguing. But can anyone heal my son? And Jesus, he rebukes. I, we don't know who he's talking to, but I think he's talking to all of them. He's saying, oh, unbelieving generation, all of you, if you would just have faith. Jesus is not saying that, hey, I'm out of here. I'm fed up with you guys. But he's saying, if you just had faith. So Jesus will never, never leave us, but he wants us to have faith, to, faith in him. And he says, bring the boy to me. Verse 20, so they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. So the evil spirit is obviously not, not happy about the situation. You know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't want to leave. And he, he wants to, he's, uh, you know, he show, manifests his true nature. The, the full, the, exactly what he wants to do, which is destroy the boy. So when he's, he's brought before Jesus, he's just um, revealing his, his true nature. I don't think he was like that all the time. But when he sees Jesus, he's like... Oh, so angry. A lot of times, you know, we we play around with, with evil and because we don't want to acknowledge its true nature. But evil is bad. It's evil. It's 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 really bad. And we, we, we may call it other names, we may call it fun or you know, relaxing or you know whatever, but it's it's really evil. And there is only one result for evil is physical and spiritual death. And evil, when Satan tries to sell evil, he does a really good job. He never tells you what, what it really is, but he, he always tell, tells you something else. You notice when the serpent, Satan, was in the Garden of Eden, he, he knew, he knew what would happen when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit. He knew the pain and the misery of being separated from God. The eternal torment of being separated from God. But that's not what he told Adam and Eve, right? 
he told them, hey, you know, God's keeping something good from you, really good. When you eat this fruit, you're going to become like God. You're going to know good and evil. So Satan, he, he appealed. He said, hey, I'm on your side. I have your best interests in mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 says, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He says, hey, I'm on your side. You know, I'm trying to, to help you out. You know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. But the true nature of evil is you can see here in Mark chapter 9. When, this, when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. Ah! Well, actually, he, I don't think he yelled because he was a mute spirit. But he was rolling around. You know, <laughs> Maybe. Um, but he was rolling around and foaming at the mouth and 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 gnashing his teeth. So this this is the true true nature of of evil. I just want 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 to remind you, remind myself. Sometimes when we are tempted, all we need to think about is the true nature of evil. If you're ever you know, for you, for you guys, if you're ever tempted to commit adultery or, or you know, uh, do something you shouldn't, just read the book of Proverbs. Repeatedly, throughout the book of Proverbs, it says, Be careful. Watch out. That way lies death. Death. Bad stuff. So it's like, wow, that's, it's very sobering. When we are faced with temptation, we need to recognize evil for what it is. Because Satan, he wants to destroy you. He's not your friend. And you know what? He doesn't even fight like a human fights. When, when, when humans get in a fight, when the guy is down and, and, and bleeding and he's not resisting you anymore... Usually we just stop the fight, you know. But I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if if you see see some fight, you know, you, usually that that's it. But you know what's the, how Satan fights? He targets the weakest ones, and he and he uh, beats them up even more when they're weakest. Satan is inhuman in the way that he fights. It's really bad. This is the true nature of evil. So when we realize this and we think about who Satan is and where he's trying to lead us, it's going to teach our heart to fear, right? The good fear, <laughs> godly fear that I don't want to go near that. So this is what, that's what we see here in verse 20. The demon is merciless with the boy. Let's look at verse 21 and 22. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus cares for the boy and his father. He says, How long has he been like this? How long? Have you suffered in this way? God cares about, 
cares about those who suffer. He cares about us. And look how the Father begs Jesus to do something. How many of us have, have prayed this type of, type of prayer before? Lord, please have mercy on me. Take pity on me and help me. You know, I think we, we all do at one time or the other. Even those who you, you, you don't know God like, like I'm a Christian. But you've prayed out, you've cried out, God, if you're there, take pity on me and help me. Maybe something in your own life or some situation with a, a loved one. Lord, take pity on my son. That's what this, this, uh, the father prays. He said, take pity on us. Have mercy on us. If you can, do anything. Please help us. Is the type of prayer that we pray when the world feels like it's crashing down and you have... You're just calling out. It's like almost, almost instinctive. Nobody needs to teach you this type of prayer. It's almost instinctive. Lord, please help us. Verse 23 and 24. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. Jesus didn't ask, why should I? Or, hey, I want something from you. That's not what what Jesus asked. He said, if you can. Everything is possible for those who believe. Jesus said, for my part, I'm willing. But do you believe? Do you trust in me? That's what Jesus has said, said to the Father. God offers us all good things if we put our trust in him. But do we believe? And I want to pause here, hit the pause button, and talk about the nature of belief and what it means to believe. I, I, I looked up, you know, the, the word believe that they use the Greek word that they translate as believe, they translate it into English as believe, and it's, uh, it's the verb form of the word that they use for faith. For the, so the Greek word for faith is pistis, and then the, the word for believe is pisteo, and I'm not sure I pronounced it correctly, so if you know Greek, just forgive me. But it's the, the word that they use for believe is the verb form that they use for the noun faith. Because we don't have a verb form for faith. We just have, have faith. So the, but the, in the Greek, they're the, they're the same word. But one's, a, one's a, a noun and one's the verb. But for us, when we, use, when we talk about believe, a lot of times we, we don't understand that or we don't understand it only in that way. We use the word believe for a, a lot of different things. Or I can ask you, do you believe the earth revolves around the sun and you say yeah i believe the earth revolves around the sun but that's not the belief that they're talking about here the belief that they use in the bible the biblical sense the bib- belief in believe in the biblical sense is not just talking about 
mental agreement with some set of facts. That's why James, in, in the book of James, he, he writes, you believe there's, uh, wait, where am I? Uh, James writes, you believe there is one God? Good. Even the d- demons believe in that sense that there is one God. But your mental belief needs to have corresponding actions. And it needs to correspond with the decision that you make out of your free will. You see, so, so when the Bible is talking about believe, it's not just talking about, yes, I believe that these set of facts are true and it has no impact on my life. But when the Bible is talking about believe, it's talking about the whole shebang. It's talking about your mind, your heart, your will, your actions. And then the, that's, that's believe in the biblical sense. So that's why mentally agreeing with the set of doctrines does not make you a Christian. You say, what do you, what do you believe? Oh, I believe in Christianity. I mean, okay, you know, that, that could be true, but sometimes when people say that, then they're saying, I believe that this is true, this is true, this is true, this is true, as if believing in Christianity were only some things that you, you think in your mind. But that's not enough according to the biblical standard. We, we could mentally agree with everything in the Bible, but if we don't trust, if we don't commit, if we don't act on, and if we don't surrender ourselves to those things that we believe in, then it's not the full belief in the biblical sense. So on the other hand, there's this one type, there's this one type of belief that's just mental, right? But not, not acting on. But on the other hand, there's the belief that you see here with this father. Here it's the opposite. He doesn't understand with his mind. And he, even his mind can't fully agree that this, this is possible. He doesn't see how it's possible. But he believes where it counts in his heart and in putting his trust in Jesus. In that sense, this belief is more important. It's good to to understand, have the right, correct knowledge of God and know the right, right doctrines. But it's even more important for us to make that decision to entrust ourselves to God. Even, even without, without that, that mental part. So here, the father, he desperately grabs out at this, at this hope because he, he's so desperate. You, I mean, even he would admit, he's, like, he's not like Peter, James, and John where he left everything just to, just to follow Jesus. He's, he, he knows that he came to Jesus because he has a need. His son is being tortured. That's the only reason he's here. But Jesus, if you're telling me that you can, you can save him, I don't understand how, but I'm grabbing hold of that, and I'm holding on to it. 
In that sense, he's believing. Some of you may be here just because a friend invited you. And you, you know, may feel uncomfortable around, you know, other people that say, you know, I hear from God. God spoke to me this, that, 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 that. It's like, really? You heard from God? God spoke to you? And it it makes you feel uncomfortable because you don't hear voices, you know, (laughs) in, in your head. But what I'm telling you today is that believing in God is not just a mental agreement with some things that you can you can see and understand it's not like saying i believe the earth revolves around the sun believing in god is a different quality than that believing in god is putting your trust in a person not an idea Christianity is, you could make it just an abstract idea. But, and you could believe in that, but you wouldn't have a relationship with God. What I'm telling you today is that it's possible for you to have this relationship with God, even though you may not understand how it works fully. And this is all that that God is asking of you. That's why I, I love this this. This part in Mark chapter 9. I remember one of my good friends in, in college, and he, he told me, Tyson, you know, I would love to believe in God the way you do. I mean, from what you tell me, it sounds like a great deal. It sounds like a great thing. But I, I just can't. And I think that Sometimes we, we, we might be hung up, you know, about being able to understand with certainty that this is this, this is this, this is this. But even I myself, eventually I have to put my faith and entrust myself to God. I love to read, like, you know, church history and theology and, and, and all of this stuff. But that stuff doesn't make me a Christian. Eventually, I have to make a decision myself to trust in God, to believe in God the way that this father believes in Jesus. And so for you, if if you've been wondering, you know, what am I here for? If you've been wandering around to this point in your life where on Sunday morning, you're in New Hope International, and you still don't know what you're here for. I want to tell you that you can make a decision to trust God, and that you can start a personal relationship with Him. Is there a God? I say there is a God, not because I'm smart and I figured it out, but because God, he, he's revealed himself to us. And really, if there was a God, that would be the only way that we'd know about him. But he has. He sent his son, Jesus. He gave us his word. And he's, he's been with people for these last, you know, many thousands of years until today. 
despite you know the 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 our our imperfections and everything that you know the the church has done wrong but god he's still working in people to even today you god knows you he knows you from before the time you were born he knows he knows everything that you've done he cares about you he has wonderful plans for your life if you're willing to let him show you you can know him but it requires a decision on your part it's not like god's going to come down and and blast you and that at that part there there's no decision you know you just it's 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 there but he wants you to make a decision it requires a decision so i'm just here let's cross over the threshold of faith and believe in god in terms of not just mentally understanding and seeing everything but believe in god in terms of god i'm going to step out and hold on to this hope that you've offered me in that in that sense and then you know what when you say i do believe help me in my unbelief god's going to make up for what's lacking he's going to show himself to you so that your belief can be stronger all he wants you to do is make make a decision even with the the little bit of faith that you have you make a decision to trust him is there anybody who who maybe you you've come here for the first time or you've come come to visit and you you want to know god that you want to make make a decision if if anybody would like to say okay tyson i'm going to i want to try it out it's it's your choice nobody can force you to god can't force you it's your choice whether you're going to trust him or not i'm telling you it's good you're not going to regret it if there's anybody that 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 doesn't know god in this way but you want to know will you raise your hand it's a choice and nobody's going to make it but you okay thank you let's let's pray father god lord father we believe father i i'm 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 not i'm not done yet actually <laughs> but <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> father we lord i i want to to come before you father god lord on on behalf of everybody who is seeking you father god who you've called them lord and they hear your voice father but lord they they're conflicted inside father god because they don't know how how it's possible how can the god of the universe love me so much and care about me 
and come and sin, give his, his son as a sacrifice for my sins. How is this possible? Father God, but Lord, you see them, Father God. Lord, send your Holy Spirit, Father God, to help them, Father, cross that threshold of faith, to make a decision to trust themselves to you, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that that you will show yourself to them, Father God. Lord, and that they will make a decision, Father, to believe in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for your grace, Father, and your mercy. Amen. Amen. So this message also applies to, to all the rest of us who know, know Jesus already. Because like we said at the beginning, we all lack faith from, from time to time, right? There are, all ti- there, are, there are times where all of us can pray the same prayer that this father prayed. We say, Lord, if you can do anything, or please have mercy on us and help us. And we, we confess like this father did. I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. Because we realize that there's, there's some part that, that we, still, we, are, we are still lacking in our faith. And what, what God revealed to me is that this is, this is where, what you, you, that you have to use what you have. And you don't use what you don't have because you don't have it. And finally, I, under, I, I understand a little bit more when Jesus said, To him who has, even more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And I was wondering, what, if he doesn't have, how can you take anything away? And I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand, but what, what Jesus is saying is that even that person that has a small amount of faith, if they believe in God and they trust in God, they put that faith, they make that noun faith, that small noun faith into a small verb faith to believe. Then God's going to give them more. And then they're going to have an, an abundance. They will have all things because Jesus says everything is possible for him who believes. But to those who don't have means that they had a little bit of faith, but, but they, were, they were stumbled. And they couldn't translate that little noun faith into a verb faith and believe. Even what they have will be taken away. And it sounds like a hard message until you realize that to receive the good thing is free. And it just depends on us. How can we apply this in, in, our, in our lives every day? Sometimes, many times, we're faced with situations that stretch our faith. Especially when it comes to somebody that we love. Maybe a, fa- a family member or somebody that we care about deeply. We love them. And we, sometimes we, we I mean, even, I, I know because I'm, I'm like this, I'm, 
if it's just me and I have to go through some difficulty, then I tend not to rely on God so much because I'm just relying on myself. I'm not saying this is good. I'm just saying this is the way it is. But when somebody else is going through something or has to do something, and I love that person, I can't, and there's nothing I can do to help them, then I have to rely on God a lot, right? And if you've been through the, you know, in this situation, then you know what I'm talking about. These situations require us to believe like this father believed. And we can, we can pray the same way that he did. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And remember, believing is not just a, agreeing mentally with a certain set of facts, but it's committing ourselves, trusting in God, and taking action on that, even though we don't understand. Then there's another way where maybe God has asked us to do something, to obey him in some way. Maybe it's reconciling ourselves with somebody, or maybe it's stepping out and... having to give up something that we we liked or that, that we wanted. And we feel, Lord, it's impossible. I can't do it. Use somebody else. Surely somebody else would be, would be more suitable than me. But here, we, 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 you know, we have to learn that it's not just depending on what we can understand with our mind. But there, there's, there's times when we need to exercise faith. And we say, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So this is the, the message that, that I, want, I want to share with all of you. And I hope that it will change, change your, your understanding about, about faith. And faith is not feeling confident or feeling having no doubts but faith often when we translate it into a verb it means acting on something that even though we don't understand everything fully even though we don't see how it's going to work but we trust in god sometimes i mean many times we 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 don't do things and we don't obey God because we don't understand how it's going to work. And we don't see the, the end result. So this, this is uh, simply my message today. I hope that you will remember this, this father in Mark chapter 9 and, and what he prayed to Jesus. He said, Lord, I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. Amen. I hope it encouraged you. Yeah, can can we end with the that that song, the Planet Shakers song? Because I think I think that that person, whoever wrote the song, they must have been thinking about this one because it says, "I believe, I believe, I believe." 